Oh, that's weird. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of No Reserves Radio. I'm your host, Angelo, and I actually just found out the results of Monday Night Football. So, uh, before we get into the fantasy aspect, you worried about the Bills at all, Alex? Hey, how's it going, guys? And you sort of have to. That's another three turnovers. Uh, four turnovers, isn't it? Or three. Three turnovers to Josh Allen. That's... It's piling up, as we said. the The issue right now it's been it's been the turnovers. He's he's playing loose with the football. He threw two interceptions. He had a fumble, uh, lost. It was on a handout to James Cook, but it was one hundred percent on Josh Allen, in my opinion. So yeah, the defense sort of did their part. They were given a lot of short fields to defend, and Denver played well enough to get the win. I mean, it, uh, it it's kind of a testament to, like, they had, what, four turnovers. They turned the ball over on Josh Allen three times, and they had a James Cook fumble, and they barely scrapped by to win the game. So, not the greatest of signs, but at least the defense is starting to play better. Not to the level of last year, but playing better overall. And, yeah... If we were to do the power rankings today, I wouldn't have the Bills as a top 10 team. And they just lost their offensive coordinator like two mean, hours ago. Wait, you mean like I've had them off the last three weeks? Yeah, yeah. You know? Smart ass. <laughs> but yeah, they fired their offensive coordinator. Like I think it was a couple of hours ago, Ken Dorsey. And now Joe Brady is replacing him right now. Oh, yeah, Ken Dorsey. Yeah, Ken Dorsey. They fired Ken Dorsey, and Joe Brady is now replacing him, the former Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. Just. I'm not sure if it's going to go any better, but it probably can't go any worse right now without that offense was operating. They they sort of really need to figure something out at wide receiver too because, like, Gabe Davis is, like, most of Josh Allen's turnovers that I can remember are just balls hitting Gabe Davis straight in the hands and he just wobbles them, throws them in the air, and the defensive back makes a play. So it's kind of it's kind of terrible to be honest. <laughs> like we have tried making Gabe Davis a thing for a while in fantasy football, and it we is have. clearly not. <laughs> not it. So do you believe that Josh Allen is one of these quarterbacks that needs overwhelming talent around him to be elite? Or do you believe that if he didn't have Diggs, if he didn't have Cook, that he'd be fine? I mean, it took the major leap when Diggs got there. So he did. It kind of when tells Diggs got me- there. Yeah, so it kind of tells me that he at least needs the alpha. Now, does he need a perfect offensive line? Does he need like three top wide receivers? Does he? Need... I'm not calling him Andy Dalton like you like to compare yeah. people to, but I'm just, just saying. Carr. I'm just saying, is he closer to the Derek Carr? This guy. I'm just saying, is he closer to Dak Prescott than he is to Patrick Mahomes? Maybe. Definitely starting to be a case, isn't it? 
like we have put him in this echelon of great QBs, but at the end of the day, I mean, I guess you can sort of blame coaching, and they haven't been the same the same since they they lost Brian Dable. Yeah, that's true. But it's kind of being it's kind of tough to argue against that right now, isn't it? Like Mahomes, I mean, he doesn't have any sort of like good wide receiver. He has average wide receivers. Yes, Kelsey, yes. But I mean, revolving door, uh, not revolving door, but he just lost his offensive coordinator now. And I mean, he's not looking like he missed any sort of beat. Meanwhile, I mean, and even then, he played week one against the Lions without. Kelsey, and granted, he did look a lot more limited there, but he still looked like an elite-level quarterback. So, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Allen looks like a turnover machine now. He does. He really does. I don't, I don't know. This, this might go back to my bias because I was never a fan of Josh Allen, but I don't know. There's just, like, again, great for fantasy. Absolutely amazing for fantasy. I don't know how much I like him as far as putting him in the same tiers like Patrick Mahomes as a, as a quarterback, not as a fantasy option. But then, then again, this is the fantasy show. <laughs> yeah, um, but I do believe that he is probably closer right now to a Dak Prescott than he is to a Mahomes. I think for a lot of a long period of time, there was the argument of who should be there with Mahomes. Should it be Burrow? Should it be Allen? Should it be both? I think it's it's Burrow, just Burrow. Who should we be both had to Burrow. We both yeah. had Burrow as the second best quarterback. Actually, I, think, I believe that was our first episode, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so we as well. About it. I mean, Allen is now what? Uh, I believe he's five turnovers away from his career high right now, and he is he's missing oh, he's seven gonna games. Get that. Yeah, he's gonna get that. Yeah. Right now, he's averaging one point four turnovers per game. His highest so far has been one point nineteen. So, so I here's mean, an interesting question. Great. Yeah. Here's an, because we do have to get into the fantasy portion at some point, but I just want to ask this question. So let's say, because I'm going to assume that Miami is going to take the division because I don't foresee them losing enough games for the Bills to catch up. If you are, if the Bills get on a hot streak and get a wild card seed, are you afraid of the Bills in a first round matchup? Or do you want the Bills in a first round matchup? Uh, I think you always sort of have to be afraid of them. I mean, the defense is still pretty That's good. Fair. So when it comes to those playoff matchups, I mean, the defense is tremendous and they are missing a few pieces right now that should be back sometime down the road, I believe. I'm not sure if any of them at the top of my head, if any of them are season ending, but I don't think so, uh, especially on the secondary. And like the offense, I mean... We have seen them get going, like versus Miami, for example. They got it going, and they they played well. So I think maybe it's just a slump, and like the offensive coordinator had more to do with it than than we are probably giving him credit. So yeah, Brian I think Dayball. I would be afraid of them because I I'm pretty think... sure Brian Dayball wishes he was still in Buffalo right now. <laughs> did you see there was a report yesterday that i read like uh i think it was 
closer to game time. Uh, but it was something on the lines of if Dable and the general manager, who I cannot recall the name right now, of the Giants do not get permission to basically have like a carte blanche on every single decision that they can make on, during the offseason, that they are willing to leave the franchise. So they what? want total control, yeah. So is that hinting that Dayball and the GM did not want J- Daniel Jones? That could be it. Yeah. I read a lot of reports in that sense that it, that was like the underline basically. Wow. Yeah. They Ooh. want to operate freely and apparently middling, uh, like, the ownership got into it, got into to their business basically last last off season. That's how I read it. Wow. Yeah, well, and I mean, the, the last Giants are, line. The Giants look so bad; they are going to be in the range to draft a quarterback. Let's be real. Yeah, last line also said that the door was open for both to go back to Buffalo. So, does that carry any sort of? This was before the game. By the way, so this does this carry any sort of weight, or is it more just a random Monday report? I guess we shall see what happens during the off season. But doesn't yeah, seem like they're too happy. I mean, I wouldn't be too happy either with the, with the state of the New York Giants right now. So I can see that. So here's the question: Let's let's get into fantasy. Is Noah Brown just a thing this year? Seems like it, isn't it? I mean, I know they don't have Nico Collins, but I mean, yeah, after this, out. yeah, like he's been out the past two or three weeks. But I mean, with the production that he's showing, can you really just throw him back into the bench? You can't, right? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> Like him and CJ Stroud have this crazy connection right now. Yeah, like I mean, the dude back to back 100 yards performances. I believe that's the first time he even had a 100 yard performance in his seven year career. Right now, he played mm-hmm. 69 career games. This is the first time he has had 100 yard performances. Period. Ah. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of hard to just say. I mean, at least give him a shot over Robert Woods because Robert Woods seems sort of done. Yeah. Now, do you even give him a chance over the rookie Tank Val? Does he play ahead of Tank Val? That's a good question. And that actually goes into the next question I was going to ask. Are Is he someone that you target if you're competing, whether that be in redraft or dynasty? That's it's funny that you mentioned that because I did acquire him in one league yesterday. <laughs> yeah, uh, the thirty-two team what? league. I'm curious. Now it's kind of hard to evaluate here because it is a thirty-two team league, full IDP oh, contract league, all of that thing. Okay. Yeah, okay. so kind of hard to evaluate. But I traded a fourth that it's looking pretty high, and a like a rookie defensive lineman who's getting some rotation for the Houston Texans for no Brown, basically. So, I mean, I think 
a fair offer right now if you're playing in any sort of like regular dynasty league. Probably a third gets gets you the player, like a mid to late third, probably. What do you think? I don't know. I think it's it's hard to tell because I think hmm, I think the if you have no Brown, you almost want to hold them just to see. I don't know. It, it, it would be a hard call for me. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to give up giving someone who's had 300 yards in two weeks. But he was worthless like he, a week he was. ago. He was worthless like a week ago. So, I mean, in this sense, I think like I acquired him because I thought I was trading another wide receiver. I thought I was trading Christian Watson, who we will talk about later. And so I needed the wide receiver there to just fill the slot if if I needed anything. Uh, Eventually, I didn't trade Watson, so he's just kind of chilling there. Uh, I think it's entirely possible that we are talking about them next week as like, okay, so that was just a two-week stretch because the wide receivers are healthy and he's just back to being irrelevant. Mm. I think it, it can definitely be a thing. He was uh, what? He was third in the league, in the league, in the team in terms so, in terms of routes run. Second for wide receivers. So here's a question: Did when did uh, Tank Dell go down? Uh, Tank Dell went down prior to the bye week, so I can find you like the exact time he went down. But Tank Thel, he went down. Week six. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, week six. Okay. Then he had the buy. Then he came back. Technically, week five, he went in. He went down like mid game or early in the game. I just said an offer for Noah Brown. Just screw it. Just see. But anyway, <laughs> so. After no, after Noah Brown, after Tank Dell went down, Noah Brown has a seventy-two percent snap share or more the last three weeks. It's true. And like versus Carolina, all of them were 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 healthy. All of them were active, and he was second between those three guys. In targets, only one behind Nico Collins versus Carolina. It's Maybe he crazy. does have some sort. Of, I I just don't think he has any sort of future because I don't think any of those guys have any sort of future with the Texans. That's why I'm always sort of like reluctant reluctant to acquire them unless you're paying like dirt cheap. So that's why I would probably target Noah over the the other two because I do think the other two are probably more expensive and I don't think they have any sort of meaningful long-term value. At least not to what they are costing you right now because I do think they are a team that will get a wide receiver in that room either through free agency or through the draft. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not talking about long-term like a long-term 
investment. I mean, if you're competing. Yeah, like if you're paying their cheapest asset, fourth round pick, whatever, like go for it. Uh, I, I mean, there's third, fourth round picks. Those grow in trees, and you're probably not getting a better player. So yeah, if I'm targeting a Texans wide receiver, it's probably no Brown, and I will just live with the consequences of him just being a two week thing if it yeah. does happen. I wouldn't acquire any of the other two because I think they will they will cost you a fair bit. And I'm That's not fair. sure how good it, they will be long term. No, that's that's class. more than a fair assessment. Yeah, the class coming up, it's it's kind of good. Like those are the guy; these are the guys projecting to be free agents next year. Like, of mm-hmm. course, deals can happen between now and then. But like Mike Evans can be a free agent. Tyler Boyd slated to be a free agent. Hollywood Brown, Calvin Ridley, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman. All of these guys are currently Didn't projected. Did Ridley sign an extension? Yeah, he hasn't. He's he currently... hasn't signed an extension with the Jags. No, no, nothing. The, I, and it's sort of understandable because he didn't play for quite a while. So sort of need to see what they have in him. And I guess we can talk about him as well. And I guess we can just... Move on to him, I guess, now. But Ridley? So I was right on Ridley, after all. You were right on Ridley, after all. Like, he started the season, first game, he was pretty good. And then he sort of just disappeared. Like, he's had the good game here and there, but, like, another disappointing outing. Three targets, two catches, 20 yards. What would you sell Ridley right now in Dynasty? Would I sell right now? Probably yeah. not, because I think Ridley's problems could as much be a problem that the Jacksonville offense is really like stagnating. And once it comes back, then it'll be fine. But Trevor Lawrence has exactly two games. With two touchdowns this year. Yeah, he's been struggling pretty hard. Yeah. You can say that again. He has nine touchdowns. Nine passing touchdowns on the season. Six interceptions. I think so it's... what do you think it is? Just out of curiosity. I just think it's not that good. To be honest. You don't think Trevor Lawrence is that good? No, no, no. Calvin Ridley. My bad. I don't think Calvin Ridley is that good. That's the issue. And I think that Lawrence is probably not a top 12 QB that we made him out to be. Can that just be the case? That is like, he isn't great. Like, he had a good season last year. Sure. But something isn't clicking right now. He's getting sacked more. He has been sacked 24 times this this year. He got sacked 27 last year, the full year, 17 games. Right now on 9, he's getting sacked 24 times. So it's for sure going over the 27 line. It's probably going to be the, the year in which he gets sacked the most. The first year with Urban Meyer, he got sacked 32 times. Do 
do you think that Trevor Lawrence is still a top what QB to you? Mm, that's a top. That, sorry, that's a tough call because I think after like the top, I'd say seven quarterbacks, I think it's debatable. So, so I was reading arguments about him not being a top. I don't know. I've read arguments that he's not a top fifteen QB right now in the league. He's not a top fifteen quarterback right now in the league. Yeah. Wow. Just out of curiosity, who's the fifteen quarterbacks then? No, I was just that was a comment that I read, and I, I like there were a few people behind, few people behind it, like there wasn't a list there of the QBs that the the person thought were higher than Trevor Lawrence, but I mean I guess we can just take a quick look at the the QBs right now leading the the NFL, and like I guess we can we can do it for fantasy, but like for yeah. fantasy football, I guess we can do it this or that. For Trevor Lawrence in Superflex. But I mean, would you rather have this or that for Trevor Lawrence would be very good. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Trevor Lawrence or Tua Tagovailoa In Dynasty? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Okay, see, I would rather have Tua. Trevor Lawrence or Kyler Murray? Trevor Lawrence. I think I'd rather have Kyler. Really? You're that low on this guy? What do you mean? I don't know. I think Kyler, for all his flaws, he at least can give you some good fantasy production. And, I mean... He's probably getting a chance somewhere else if he doesn't get it in Arizona. And I still think, I think the door is, is currently more open than it was to start the season for him to stay with Arizona. If he can, if he can get them a few wins as he comes back, I mean, I think he, he has a pretty solid case to stay as a QB. But Trevor Lawrence or Anthony Richardson? Ooh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I think I'll take Richardson as well. So, Jesus, dude. Okay, Jared Goff or Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence. Goff is, Goff is quite a bit. Yeah, Goff is quite a bit lower than Lawrence here, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, Sam Owl or Trevor Lawrence? Ooh. Ah, exaltation. Trevor Lawrence. The fact that there was hesitation tells me <laughs> tells me that it's it's worrisome right now for Lawrence. <laughs> you do prefer him over all of those guys. I don't think there's a point in like Mahomes, Ertz, Allen. I think you have Burrow, yeah. Stroud, Herbert, Lamar, yeah. Lamar or Trevor. Lamar. Okay, so yeah. I mean, so you're sort of in con- like. You sort of agree with the list on Kiptrit Cut. Like, the only guy you you have 
like below Trevor Lawrence that isn't in keep trade cut is Richardson. The others are all below Trevor. So I feel like I'm probably a bit lower on him. And that's probably just it. Ah, last one. Drag Dak Prescott or Trevor Lawrence. I might do Dak. Okay. So you go against that there because Dak is quite a bit low. Like he is three tiers below Trevor Lawrence. Wow. Dak yeah. Prescott is oh, is like a borderline top five quarterback right now. And he's, he's QB 12 in keep trade cuts. And he's on tier nine. Lawrence is on tier six. I hope you know since they played the... Well, since the San Francisco game, Dak hasn't finished under a QB3 for the week. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. I've heard. I think he has been QB1, QB3, and QB1 or something like Two that. Two QB1s, a QB2, and a QB3. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, when you play me, he faces Philadelphia. <laughs> Let's see if Philadelphia can can knock that out, can knock the nonsense out of it. Okay. So that's Trevor Lawrence out of the way. I guess we can talk about another guy that we are sort of eye on that has sort of just crumbled like an house of cards. But Christian Watson, dude. What could have been? See, I don't even... Like, okay... It's not up to Christian Watson standards, but I'm not necessarily sure it's been that bad. No, it has been that bad from what I've seen so has far. It? I mean, it's either that the dude regressed massively or that the connection isn't there with Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if Love proves himself to be the QB at least for like another year or two. That kind of just dooms Christian Watson if the connection isn't there and doesn't develop. I mean, it's just the passes that are being thrown to Watson right now, and he did lead the league, the um, the team in targets this past week. And he's getting the high leverage targets. He's getting the red zone targets. But the thing is, he isn't catching them. And not only is he not catching them, they are leading to interceptions. So, I mean, I think it's worrisome right now. And I wouldn't be shocked if, he's, if he isn't the wide receiver one on the team by season's end. I'm, I'm not sure if I wouldn't be. If I would even be surprised if he isn't the wide receiver two. You wouldn't be surprised if he's not even the wide receiver two. Yeah. And I, I've seen plenty of Green Bay Packers fans work fed up with the guy. No. It's it's fans, of course. They lose, they're mad with players, but like there's quite a few who are just done with this Christian Watson thing. <laughs> wow. And you know catching the deep balls? Like people say that Jordan Love doesn't have an arm and all that. But you know who's catching the balls? Jaden Reed. He's making the catches. He's developing the connection. Yeah. It's getting rough for Watson. And his value is taking a big hit. 
I think I just told him in like two or three leagues. I wish I would have sold by now. And like, he's plummeting. Yeah, you acquired him in a bunch of leagues, didn't you? Yeah, I have him in the 32 team league. I have him in the Nas, but I traded him to Justin in the Diggs deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have him in a few other leagues that I just don't care as much about. I mean, Watson is getting the depth of target right now this season, but it's like the catches just aren't happening. And maybe it's just a connection problem. And when they have the connection going, it's just it will work because uh, Watson did miss part of the camp. So so connection is harder to achieve. It's one thing if you because he did miss. Not sure if Cam, but part of the offseason last year with Aaron Rodgers. But it's one thing to come back and develop chemistry with a Hall of Famer. It's another thing to just try and get that going with a first-year starter QB. I guess he isn't a rookie, but it's his first year as a starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Jaden Reed is probably the wide receiver one there my end of the season, to be honest. I could see it. So, have we, like, did we jump the shark, A, with Sam Laporta, and B, with, like, the tight ends overall? As like, one everyone, usually does with rookies. Did, did, is, was the Sam Laporta tight end one argument a little bit, a little bit, uh, suspect? Uh... It depends. Like, how low will he even go right now? Like, he's still first in keep trade cut. He's still the tight end one. Yeah, still the tight end one. Not it. Not really wavering. That's crazy. I mean, and like for a tight end, I mean, yeah, four four forty isn't ideal. That's what he had this week versus the Chargers. But it's mm-hmm. passable for a tight end. And the week oh, yeah. prior, he did have the touchdown, and it was 8 for 57. So the production is at least there. And I think, like, his age, the production he's giving you at this age, I think it's it's fair to place him in that echelon right now. He's 22. You think it's fair to place him alongside, like, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews? Like, Kelsey, yes, because of the age. Andrews and Hawk is an argument for me. But I guess if you just value, like, I guess it depends on the team construction. If you're a young team and you're just, you're not ready to compete yet and you need, like, another season or two, Laporte is a better play for you than those guys. Hmm. I don't know. I just think, I think we're jumping the shark here. I don't think Sam Lepore is a bad tight end, but I'm not sure if I'm ready to call him a tight end one. Like the t- the f- the first the the t- the definitive tight end one. Like I like, don't know. Is tight end top three tight end better for you? No. So you'd put him lower than that. Probably, yeah. Lower than five. I don't know if I'd say lower than five. Okay, so you have Hawk, Andrews, Kelsey, and who else ahead of him? No one? Kincaid, Pitts? Yeah, then that's that's the struggle. Yeah. 
It's like the thing is, is like the same age as Cal Pitts, which is wild, and not nearly as athletic. Yeah, but he's getting the production. He is getting the production. I'm not arguing that. And he isn't tied with Arthur Smith. Is so once again were people wrong with the Dalton Kincaid hate? Is Dalton Kincaid firmly establishing himself as a top twelve tight end? Because he's producing like it. He's producing like it right now. I think for right? Dynasty, there's probably a pretty solid top six, which I wouldn't really argue with. And it just goes Laporte, whichever order you want to place it in. Right, right, but right. Laporta, Hawkinson, Andrews, I think it's tier one. Then Kelsey, it's tier two, because he's still the most productive tight end right now, but the age. And then yeah. tier three, I think I would say Kincaid and Pitts. And then, yes, I guess like McBride can jump into that tier some like sometime soon. Goddard can jump into that tier sometimes, like probably is in that tier as well. But I think the top five, is the one that I'm confident with. It's those three, in those three tiers, and you can just rank them however you want. What about Ferguson? Uh, Ferguson is like, does it continue when they, they eventually get a reliable wide receiver too? You don't think Brandon Cooks? They brought in someone to try to be that reliable wide receiver too in Brandon yeah. Cooks. Yeah, I said what I said. Okay, he said. Okay, he said what he said. Uh, Cooks is sort of cooked. To and be then honest. they still have um, Gallup, no, Michael Gallup. No, there. no, Gallup is no, no. Home. Gallup is losing snaps to Jalen Tolbert. This is this is not wrong. Yeah, this is not wrong. <laughs> so I definitely wouldn't say is like Gallup is still a thing. To be honest. Yeah, just this week he played 62% of the snaps, Tolbert. I guess part of it is because of the garbage time. But he, he was playing when the game wasn't just completely done. But Gallup got the touchdown, so. Okay. I don't know. Is there any other discussions, like player discussions, you want to have? Because I wanted to to underline the um, the report that I saw as well yesterday. Arthur Smith is reportedly good oh boy, with the ownership. Arthur. Yeah, he has Stop the full it. support. Yeah, he has the full support of the ownership, and the plan right now is for him to coach the team in twenty twenty four. So the plan is for the Falcons not to, to, to have less than 100 passing yards? That, that's the plan? This that's, is the plan? That's what the this owner the wants. That's what the owner wants. Not Falcons, dude. Like, come oh. on. It's crazy. Like, Do you, you know? Once again, I made, I made the the scenario. You have the Ferrari. You ha- The Ferrari frame. You got the Kyle Pitts. You have the Drake London. You have the Bijan Robinson. You need something to facilitate, man. I don't know. 
you know, I'm Ren. willing to give Arthur Smith a chance with a quarterback that isn't Tyler Heineke or Desmond Ritter, but like, come on, dude. Like, just, I don't know. Just you wait when it is time for the Falcons to be on the clock and they select as a top 10 pick Brock Bowers, tight end out of Georgia. That would be a sad, sad day indeed. And they just run three tight end sets every single play. Oh, yeah, they got to get Jonu involved still. Yeah, of course. Like, those two are just, like, Bowers and Pitts are just distractions. Jonu is the one getting the targets. <laughs> yeah. That's the Arthur Smith plan. But I, I was saying, do you know who ran the most routes out of any Atlanta Falcons player last, last week versus the, the Cardinals? Was it Jonu Smith? No, Jonu was... Third, uh, fourth. Well, third, technically, because there's a tie for for second. So third or fourth, yeah. But the guy who ran the most routes was Bijan Robinson. <laughs> well, they have heard your complaints, fans. See? Arthur Smith he... has heard your complaints about Bijan Robinson. <laughs> and he got uh, goal line carries as well. Yeah. Rejoice, people. God. But yeah, the guy who ran uh, the second mode then it was London and Pitts with 20 routes. They only ran 20 routes. That's crazy to me. That, that I mean, you you want to figure out how someone gets less than 100 passing yards there. You go. Man, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's just frustrating, dude. It's frustrating. Yeah. They passed the ball 19 times. They had 38 carries. It's it's, it's so team. frustrating. It's yeah. so frustrating. <laughs> and it's 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 not pleasant right now, I'll say that. It's pretty tough if you have Oh god, and if you have multiple Atlanta fa- Oh god, bless your heart. Bless your heart <laughs> if you have if you have like at least two of Bijan Pitts in London. I did. Not you anymore. Did? Yeah, you you couldn't do it anymore. You couldn't take the pain. <laughs> I yeah, passed part worried. of the pain to you. I mean, I don't mind having Kyle pitch. You know, it's, it's it nice just goes out. back. It just goes back to the argument that I had during the draft, isn't it? Like back in that draft, I said Chase was the better player. I said Javante was the better running back, uh, which is false right now, I guess. And I said <laughs> that Pitts would carry the most value for the longest. Like, even if he didn't produce right away or, like, for a couple of years. Yeah. I think, like, of course, he has lost some value. He's lost a lot of value, my dude. He's lost a lot of value. But for a guy who hasn't produced for, like, two years right now, I mean, he's still in the same realm of, like, value as a Devontae Adams, a Keenan Allen, an Alvin Kamara... A George Pickens. Like, find me a player who can, like, where did he finish last year? Uh, okay, he was out last year, wasn't it? Yeah. He was out for, like, seven games last year. He just he finished 33 for a tight end. He's currently tight end 17. He, his rookie year was the best, but he only had a touchdown and finished tight end One six. Single touchdown. Yes. Yeah. 
and he's still worth around a 20-25 late first. So yeah, he did lose some value. But I mean, find me a player who did as bad as he did and he still has any sort of value like that. It's just so hard to watch the Atlanta Falcons, dude. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, why do you subject yourself to that? I have no clue. <laughs> Even Atlanta fans that I I interact with, they are pretty fed up with all of this. They are just like when you see fans back in the in the trade deadline, when you see fans just glamoring for a guy like Justin Fields, you know the team is just in the mud. There's nothing else. <laughs> They're clamoring for Justin. Imagine like watching Justin Fields, and I'm just completely dunking on the guy, even though he isn't he hasn't played in a while. But imagine watching Justin Fields just sucking for like three seasons, and you the team is just so bad that you're clamoring for the guy to join the team. Just poor guys. Uh, yeah, I did. that is true. Imagine watching Justin Fields and being like, "This and this is better than what we have currently." <laughs> I wish I could have this guy. <laughs> I did want to talk about uh, a duo that I think we we talked about just shortly last year, last week, last week, no, last episode. Oh my god, English is hard. Um, but it is the Montgomery Jameer Gibbs duo. We finally see them both back in action after Gibbs played pretty well in in Montgomery's absence, and they came they came back and surprisingly Jameer Gibbs is getting more touches and he got I believe it was three or four goal line carries to Monty's two so he had almost double I think double the amount of goal goal line carries that David Montgomery had plus he had two more carries overall. Is Jameer Gibbs taking over and the, did we just overreact and was I pretty stupid in not making that trade that we were discussing about like a couple of weeks ago, I think? Which deal? Oh, it was the one with Kyle Pitts in a late first. I remember I was going back and forth on that one. Kyle Pitts in a late first for what? I don't even remember the deal. It was Jameer Gibbs back before... Gibbs went on this Oh, now now I should have. Thanks. But before your argument was like, you oh, yeah, you I mean, if the dude doesn't produce... No, 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 no. Your argument back then was, oh, oh my God, yeah, if the dude isn't producing, can you even trust him? And I was like, yeah, you have a you're, point. You're like, right. he isn't really wrong. doing much. Yeah, I was wrong. I, I was wrong as well. I was just afraid that... I wasn't getting a full Jameer Gibbs experience, but apparently he has been unleashed. Now, is this just like they're easing him back in? Okay, it's ribs, so it's kind of hard because mm. I'm not sure how I the chance of re-injuring that is and how, like, does he need to get his feet wet before he just gets the, the full workload? I'm not sure if that's the case with a ribs injury, but it was with DK, I think. He started off slow when he first came in. 
first came back. And I guess you sort of don't want to expose the ribs uh, first game in. It's, it's a painful injury from what I've heard. And mm-hmm. you can just imagine that having broken ribs or hurt ribs isn't great. So does this continue or do you think it is Jameer Gibbs as the 1A right now? I don't know. I think that um, I don't think they can coexist. That's just me. I mean, but they have though. They have. You're not wrong. They have, but I just think I just think it was a bad defense. <laughs> I really do. Like, yeah, I've seen the argument going around that like if you take away the the big the big carry for Montgomery. Because he did have a 75-yard touchdown run. And if you take that away, then his rushing numbers are sort of meh. But again, like Gibbs had like a 40-something-yard run. So if you take that away as well, then it's sort of a meh rushing day as well for him. Now, he did have the passing downwards, which Montgomery doesn't have. And he did. Um, he did out-touch him at the goal line. But I think it is, the goal line especially, it's because it's a more bruising job. So I think it's just to prevent any sort of re-injury to get to Montgomery. I think they can coexist. Now, early in the season, it was Montgomery as the 1A, Gibbs as the 1B. And it it worked in Gibbs' favor because he did have the passing down work. Now, if it is Gibbs 1A, Montgomery 1B... I think it will work. It wouldn't. It just won't work as well for Montgomery because he doesn't have the the receiving work. Unless I think he... it was always going to work like that, where Montgomery was going to be more of your short yardage and goal line back, and he would be more reliant on touchdowns, and Gibbs was going to be more of the receiving back. Yeah, a la my concern right now is if what we saw uh, this past week. Uh, in terms of goal line distribution. If that continues, mm-hmm. then I'm concerned. But if we come out next game and it's like they have, I don't know, they have like seven goal line I'm, carries and it's I'm like five you, to two. I'm telling you it was a bad... I, I'm, it, I'm, say, I'm saying give it another week. I, it was a bad deal. The Chargers couldn't stop anything. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah, I think it will. it will be his job at the goal line. Uh, he got stuffed twice or three times even versus the Chargers this past week. Mm-hmm. I just think that it will eventually just be his full-time role as a goal line back. Plus, he will have the, all of the carries like in the, the middle of the field and so on. I think they can coexist. But they do face the toughest run defense in the league right now. And uh, I, you probably will be surprised when I say the name, but the Bears... The Bears are the <laughs> toughest run defense in the whole league right now. They are the best. Mm-hmm. So really kind bad. of surprised when I heard that. But it is true, actually. It is true. I was surprised when I saw that, but it is true. The good old Bears, man. The good old Bears. We are down. <laughs> I don't know, man. So what? So the value for the 2024 draft is is ridiculous. It's astronomical. 
In fact, let's go to keep trade. Go to keep trade tracker right now. What is an early 2024 Firth worst on keep trade cut right now? Oh, wait. It's a lot. Uh, it is worth about 6,591 points. For context, that's roughly... Let me check real quick here. The worst? For... 600, 6,000, how much say that again? Uh, 6,000, and I can just turn on picks here, and where are the picks? Um, because I got away from that screen. Okay, yeah, 6,591 points in value, and that is over what Brees Hall is worth. This is super flex, so... It, I have I have non-super flex. Right okay. now, in non-super flex... That's the 2025 first. Where's the 2024 first? Oh my god! It needs to be a high. 2024 first in non-super flex is the 16th most valuable. That means there are only 15 players that are more valuable than that pick right now. Early. Yeah. It's not It's not the guaranteed 101. An early... Oh, my God. Yeah. In super flex, there's only 18 right now. And you can imagine that quite a few are running by our QBs. Yeah. Crazy. I I haven't really dwelt in the um, in the 2024 class, mm. but I was under the impression that it, it fell down after Marvin Harrison Jr. Apparently, like there's from what I've heard, there's like one running back who's solid right now, but it's a mere running back class. There are a few wide receivers, like four or five. That should be in that tier two, right after Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr. That should be good. So I'm kind of surprised, to be honest, with the value of the 2024 picks. Early, yeah. Uh, like early I said, picks, yeah. I did what I did because of the because of the evaluation. I think huh. I think it's crazy. I'm surprised, to be honest. I didn't expect this. Like the yeah. 2024 mid first. Is around the forty items uh, highest worth assets in Keep Trade Cut, so above Jackson Smith and Jigba, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Like That's right now, actually. in non super flex, an early twenty twenty four first right now is worth just more than Jalen Waddle, and just less than Josh Allen. Very surprised, to be honest. Might have done well in keeping Justin Spick, after all. You might, <laughs> you might have. I'm, I'm actually curious. So that's that's the downfall of trading all your 2024 firsts. Now I'm just going to sit back and watch every other team that has picks get better, either through the draft or through trades at the draft. And then I'm just going to have to just go in there with my roster next year and figure it out. But that's the downside. But... Man, at least this year you have some. You still have some picks, don't you? You just don't have the firsts. I I I, I have two thirds and a fourth. Oh, okay. I thought you had yeah, more. No. I thought you had some nope, seconds nope, nope. in there as well. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm surprised. I haven't really looked into the class that much, but I was really under the impression that it wasn't this good of a class. But apparently, I was mistaken. I mean, 
the well, early first. I'll, I'll wait till the combine before I make that assessment. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, like in terms of what people are valuing those right are valuing those right now, and it's yeah. not even peak off season where the picks just just go through the roof. But I mean, worth around the Garrett Wilson, who's a proven commodity and playing well with a below average QB. Let's assume Marvin Harrison Jr. tests well. How many wide receivers would you rather have other than him? And I'm pretty sure this list isn't going to be very long. Uh, am I competing just, neutral? Let's just say neutral, even okay. though that's probably not the scenario that you're going to be in if you got the one-on-one. But let's just say neutral. Okay, so Jefferson and Chase for sure, are still above him because they are established and they're great. Um, I mean, this late resurgence of C.D. Lamb sort of makes me want to put him there. He's only 24, yeah. should be 25 next when the next season starts. So C.D. Lamb. Yeah. C.D. Lamb. Then it's a question, I guess, because A.J. Brown should be 27. Yep. Now he's still tied to a pretty good back uh, pretty good QB for him. And he has been producing pretty well. I mean he's wide receiver three on keep trade cut. Mm-hmm. Uh I still think I would put AJ Brown ahead of him. And I think I would put Amon Ross and Brown ahead of him. Because we are at an age in which like you either go with the ceiling guys who can give you those crazy boom games. Or you just go with the the PPR machine guys now that most leagues are PPR or half PPR. Yeah. Just go with the catching machines like Amon Ra. So I think I would take Amon Ra still. Do you think and... there's a, do you think there's a chance that Detroit tries to draft more wide receivers and that kind of that doesn't like take away from Amon Ra's role because he's always going to be the slot guy, but it kind of takes away from his targets. I could see it, but I just think the targets would be more consolidated. So you wouldn't have the, the Reynolds, you wouldn't have the Khalif Raymonds, you wouldn't have the Jameson Williams, you wouldn't have all of those guys. And the targets would just flow directly through Amon Ra, directly through um, the tight end Sam Laporta, and whoever they draft as a wide receiver too. So it would be a more consolidated offense. So in that uh, sense, I really don't think it would knock Amon Ra that much, to be honest. Now, there is one thing to consider is if they dress, say they draft a wide receiver in the first this year, does Amon Ra is a third round pick, we should be careful about it, translate into him losing substantial value? Oh, he would or definitely it, lose substantial because uh, that he is a third round pick or yeah. a fourth round pick. Okay, yeah. Because that's always my, my fear when acquiring these guys who aren't like elite. Because, for example, say that the Cowboys draft a wide receiver in the first. Are you even worried with C.D. Lamb? No. Just, I mean, Justin Jefferson was your case scenario. They drafted Jordan Addison in the first. Of course. Nothing happened. Now, if they draft someone for Amon Ross St. Brown, and we saw that when they draft Jameson. They draft Jameson, Amon Ross lost value. Like, he's a top five wide receiver, but I right now on keep trade cut. But is he the most volatile top, 
I want to say even 10 wide receiver right now in Cooper yeah. Cut. He might be, yeah. Yeah. Which is concerning because I have a few Amon Ross shares. <laughs> Truly only one in the league that I care about. It's a 32-team league. The others, I think it's redraft, actually. But, I mean, that is a point. But right now, I would say, as things stand, Amon Ra ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr. Then I think it's an argument. Because then it's Garrett Wilson or Marvin Harrison Jr., and I guess you can use the same argument that we used uh, when Olave, uh, when no, no, when Jackson Smith and Jigba came out, they were saying uh, Wilson and Olave did say that Jackson Smith and Jigba was the better wide receiver yeah. out of those three. Yep. And I think I've heard similar things from these wide receivers regarding Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. So if we're taking their word as gospel, then I think we should do this here as well. For Marvin Harrison Jr. That's fair. So I would say Marvin Harrison Jr. is wide receiver six. If he tests well and comes out and he is a top five pick. Now, rookie draft hype, he will probably be ahead of AJ Brown and Amon Rossin Brown, to be honest. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I think I think there's gonna be a lot of I, th- I think there's going to be a lot of interesting trades and then also not a lot because if you believe the hype that Marvin Harrison Jr. is like the next Calvin Johnson, which is a ridiculous claim to make, by the way, that that is a very ridiculous claim, then you're not moving at that point. If you, if you truly believe he's Calvin Johnson Jr., you have no reason to move him for anything. Right? Yes, like if you're saying you're drafting the next Jamar Chase, like who are you even trading him for? I I don't even say like no. Calvin to me, Calvin Johnson is in a whole nother tier than Jamar Chase. Yeah, but okay, but for the the younger audience, because Johnson has been out for a while. That's now. fair. Uh, he was. I only caught uh, the last few years of his career, even. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really remember him as a pro- as a prospect, like the the greatest prospect that I've seen so far in terms of a wide receiver has been Jamar Chase. So I mean, if you're telling me I can either draft Jamar Chase or trade him, I mean, I think I tr- I take Jamar Chase every single day. Of the week. Now, is there any scenario? And I think I've made this question before. But I mean, say he comes out and he has a pretty underwhelming combine, like a Jordan Edison, for example. Does and like there's another. That's cold water right on Go on, sorry. And if there's another wide receiver or two come out and just put a Jackson Smith in Jigbo or a. I don't know who else uh, from the previous class. I mean, if they put in a Jamar Chase type of combine, does that change your opinion? Or is what you've Probably seen... Not. Tr- okay, yeah. So what you have seen through three years at OSU, that's what's engraved in your memory, right? It kind of has to be, right? Like, I mean, how we have many... seen combine taking non-players. We have. You're not wrong about that. But I mean, how many... I'm trying to remember, like, 
how far do you have to go before you find an OSU wide receiver that was hyped up and didn't pan out? Like, it's a good question. The like, they've they've brought out a lot of really freaking good ones, dude. Like, yeah, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, JSN looks pretty good for the Seahawks. Like, how far? How far do you got to go? Like. I don't know. Uh, Benjamin Victor. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I I've never heard of this dude. So that like that's like the first guy that popped up when I was searching for Bust OSU wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I guess Paris Campbell. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good I one. guess that's that's probably the worst one. But that's the thing, like OSU has just been like a factory for wide receivers. They have two coming out this year, isn't it? Uh Igbuka or something like that. Imika Igbuka? Am yeah, I saying that right? I, I can't say his name either, so Okay. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> yeah, they have those two coming out this year. He's also probably going to be a first-round dynasty rookie pick at this rate. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be more of the type of wide receiver that he seems to, from what I'm reading and from what I'm seeing right now, very small research here on the fly. He seems like the type of player I would like because he's an elite route runner, it seems. More oh, of a more, route runner more, guy than a freak. More in the Chris Olave role, is what you're saying? Yeah, Chris Olave, uh, Terry McLaurin as well. Yeah. yeah. I six, forgot one, Terry two, McLaurin. <laughs> yeah, Terry McLaurin was my first draft crush, I think. like That was the dude I, I knew was going to be good. I was bullish on. Telling you, man. If you just drafted OSU wide receivers in the last, whatever, three, four drafts, you have a pretty good wide receiver room right now. (laughs) You do. You do, for sure, for sure. I mean, if you just draft OSU wide receivers, you would have Jackson Smith and Jigla, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Terry McLaurin. Yeah. (laughs) You do. Michael Thomas as well. Yeah. Damn. It's just hard. But yeah, I think I I'm not even gonna try and acquire the pick because I've sort of given up the the one one to Austin. And I'm not even gonna try and make any sort of moves to it. I'll just leave with the one oh two. So I here's, don't think it will be worth it. Here's you don't think it will be worth it. So you don't uh, in terms of what he will ask me for. I don't think it will be a fair asking price. Okay, that's probably true. But okay, if you believed that Marvin Harrison Jr. is the next gonna go back to it, is the next Calvin Johnson, is there really a price that's too much? For the difference of one pick. I just don't think. 
for. Like I'm that's, looking at my team right now, and I think like he wants a young team. I think his asking price will be a twenty to the the one or two and Drake London. That's what I'm guessing right now. If we what were if to do this, so okay, so would you? So you have the one or two. Would you? Do you believe enough in Marvin Harrison Jr. to give up the one or two and two first on top of that in future drafts to secure Marvin Harrison? Do you believe that much in him? I guess that's a question for the post combine, but yeah, I think it really depends on the combine. Yeah, and it's hard for me right now because I know Marvin Harrison Jr.'s name, I know his play, and yep. I know he's he's good, but I don't know what the rest of the class looks like. So I can maybe like maybe I can find the guy in this class that like I think it's at at least at a close level to Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. And like, if I don't, then I would think about that. Uh, I just, I'm not sure if he would do that. Because here's be the honest. advice that I would give someone if you're, whether you're just starting off or you've been doing this for a while. And if you've been doing this for a while, maybe you already get this. But if there's a prospect you like, go for it. Go for him. Would you agree with that? I mean, that's sort of what I did with Chase. I just... As long as you're willing to eat whatever the cost is to get your guy, go for it. Like, if it's a price so ridiculous that you can't even, like, stomach it, then yeah. But if you believe in this guy... And the guy you would pick with that selection that you're going to move, you wouldn't believe in. Just go for your guy. Yeah, that's and what I did with you're, Chase, you're big... and that's what I did with Chamo as well. Yeah. No, exactly. And you know, you were right with Chase, wrong with Chamo, and that's the, and that's the thing. You're going to be wrong. No one's a hundred percent. You're never going to be a hundred percent, especially in freaking Dynasty. But let's let's get that expectation out the door. I know there's a lot of people who are like. You know, you have to get all your takes all have to be. That's not how this works. That's not how that's not how Dynasty works. I promise you. I'm wrong so far. Hell, hell, you're not even right on your predictions for the for the football matchups. You're 40 percent right now. So, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that Jamo is starting to play better. I actually think that's true. And he's being more willing in blocking. And you know, with coaches like Dan Campbell, you know, that's a big thing. I think he's being more willing to block. So I think we might see a JMO sort of resurrection year. JMO resurrection year. We got the JMO rehabilitation. Yes. Okay, so since it seems like we're at a closing end here, how's that Week 14 matchup looking like between the two of us? Because it's... Like it's going to be make or break for both of us. It's looking like it. <laughs> You're it's gonna lose. looking like it. 
I've run do? some scenarios in which I can make it in with seven you wins. You and your damn scenarios, you got a problem. Yeah, I'm like Doctor Strange and the Avengers. The end game, or the the one prior. You're to trying that. to figure out the one in one million scenario. You yeah. make it. I've ran through a million scenarios, and I found only one in which I make it in with seven wins. <laughs> And it requires a lot of luck of guys just losing games that they shouldn't. <laughs> but I've lost games that I shouldn't, so take that. It's not so you're saying there's a chance. Yes. I uh, like the current scenario that I am on right now, uh, which I think it's looking likely. It's <laughs> and you're gonna laugh, but it's me winning the division. <laughs> you winning the division how? Uh, it implies that I go for a no, and it implies that Luke loses three of the four, basically. And I think it's doable. The only one I'm not sure, it's versus Zig. Who the hell... Who the hell does Luke face? Alright, let's see. uh, His issue is that he has quite a a few by weeks. Me. Yes. And he has a lot of buys versus you, I think, or quite a few buys. Or that one is close you. and I'm giving it to you. Yeah. Me as like F of the team on buy. And yeah, Zig is the one who was close. Okay. Guys. So he has okay, he has he has he does have four very tough matchups to end the season. Yes. Does have <laughs> and I that is have... your saving grace. Yeah, and <laughs> I need to beat the guy if I have any chance I need to beat this guy this week because it's not only that I... There are scenarios in which I can be 7-7 seven and seven and make it in. There, I don't think there's a scenario in which I'm 7-7 seven and seven and make it in if I don't win this week. So I think this week is do or die for me because he is a team hovering around 500. He's a team hovering around 500. Yeah. Oh, man. Remember, folks, this is a team who's third in most points scored. Congratulations, you've lost so much. You've lost I'm so much. I'm third in points against. No. You really like you really like getting third place. That's okay. You know? I don't care which place I'm on, by the way. I just the one saving grace that I have it's uh, if I tie anyone, I probably make it in because Win. I have more points. Yeah. Because yeah. I have more points than anyone in that scenario. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Um I am checking though, and like there's a few teams that could do better than me. It's kind of surprising how unlucky I've been. Um, versus who's casual? Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, if I'm reading this right, yeah, I'm reading this right. I think that is not a single team. No, wait, I have this wrong. There's no way this is this is like this. Uh, let me send you. Let me send you a screenshot so you can tell me how to properly read this. Okay, in the Discord? Okay. Yeah, on the Discord. Okay. Let's I, see. 
how do you read that? Uh, it's sending. Okay, it has sent. Uh, how do you read that? It's like top. Uh, should it be like me versus everyone's schedule at the top? Or is it like me versus everyone's schedule when going down? And how do I see how like each people would be against my schedule? Not sure if you're if you're following here. Oh, okay, I see it, I see it, I see it, I see it. Yeah. The top line... It's me versus everyone. Uh, it's like everyone versus my schedule, right? Yes, correct. Okay. And then, then the left line would be you with their schedule. You'd be 9 and 1 with that. <laughs> yeah. So 8 and 2 with my schedule. So, yeah. Uh, there is one... Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> F of the league would be better with my schedule, which is just great. <laughs> it just shows what having a good team makes. Like it's <laughs> Austin would would have three wins with my schedule. That's yep. just <laughs> it's like it's not even a very tough schedule. It is just like. I face people when my team underperforms and when my team performs well, like it happened this week, the other team just goes nuts. So I can never have good things. <laughs> oh my God. That's yeah. crazy. That is crazy. Like the less, uh, I think I've won one game in the last uh since week five i think i think i won one game and since week five uh for example week six uh let me see which week i lost but i think i lost i think i won in week five isn't it no i lost i won in week six okay so week five i would have lost versus 12 teams Week seven, I would have lost versus nine teams. <laughs> week eight, I would have lost versus five teams. I of course faced one of those five teams. <laughs> week nine, I would have faced, I would have lost against six teams, which I of course lost, uh, faced one of those six teams, and I would have lost versus two teams in week ten, and I faced one of those two teams. <laughs> it is terrible, dude. Tough times out here. Tough times, for sure. Oh, that said, I think the this thing gives me a 50% chance of making it. A literal coin flip? Yes. A 40... Actually, 47.25. Worse than a coin flip. You feeling good or bad about this? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I had like 90% chance of making it in. So, <laughs> and usually when projections are in my favor, I tend to lose. So I'm quite happy with this. Now it might be in the reverse. <laughs> and you currently have a 0% chance of making it in. It's okay. I'm just here to spoil people's seasons, basically. I need you to win this week, buddy. I think there's a very good chance I win this week. Don't let me down. I'm counting on you. 
Is, what does he basically lock in the playoffs? If not, no one really locks it right now. Outside of like a few teams that are sitting at like eight and two, for example, nine and one. I think those teams might lock it in. Uh, the teams around five hundred are slightly above that, like Holly, for example, to six and four. I don't think he would lock anything up because it's the divisional matchups, and the right. division it's still it's still a coin flip. The division, to be honest, like the last place can still win the division. So, I uh, like it's just it puts me at a better place versus the competition, basically. Okay, that's the competition. The closer I am to that, the better. But yeah. I think that's the show. I think that's the show. <laughs> Do you this have one. any advice for anyone who is on the fence on whether they should buy or whether they should sell at this stage of the season? I mean, if you have a chance... I always say go for it because I've been playing this game way too long to know that the teams that sometimes look like they have no chance versus teams that look like they should win, most of the times they just can get into the playoffs, get out, and make a season out of it. I've been on the team who has like a 90% chance of win side plenty of times, and I've lost most of them. I mean, it's a coin flip. Whenever you get to the playoffs, I mean, you just need to to get there. Then it's fantasy. It's mostly coin flip, and it's mostly luck. Like you can plan for the best team wherever, but nothing prevents you from your guy just putting a stinger, fumbling a ball early, and just being benched or just getting hurt first place in the game. I mean, nothing really stops you from nothing really stops the player from from having that happen to him. So it's kind of like, I always go for it, to be honest. Like, if you have a chance to still make it to the playoffs, just go for it. Like, a realistic one, of course. Uh, just go for it, dude. It's like, you're gaining nothing on just being a middling team. Go for it and try to win. Worst case scenario, you can't. And you, like, I'm not saying if you are, like, I don't know, if you're projected to be a top four pick, don't go ahead and trade your first four players. It's not <laughs> super realistic, of course. <laughs> but, I mean, if you can make small moves, acquire just vets for, for cheap, and you're basically on the fence, if you're around 500 right now, or you're like me and you're 4 and 6, just go for it. Just go for it. Yeah, That's, that's, that's Alex's advice. If you're, if you're in the hunt, just go for it. You yeah, never I mean, know what can happen in fantasy. few leagues that I'm in right now, for example, our redraft league, I think I was... I mean, I had a terrible start. I think I was right around... Yeah, I lost my first, what, five games? I think uh-huh. I was one and four going into week six or something like that. And now I'm four and six. I mean, turnarounds happen. Players get better. Players get hot. Players get healthy. It happens. And you sort of just need to go for it when you have a chance. Now, if the team is in complete shambles, don't go ahead and make what Angelo did and just turn a team from nothing into something. That It can be fun. But, it, I mean, you're not having, like... You're not being honest with yourself, I guess. It's my point. 
unless you're just doing it for the fun of it. Like, if you have a realistic chance to at least make the playoffs, go for it. If it's a puncher's chance, just roll another season, I guess. Roll another season. <laughs> I mean, I agree with that. I think that there's times to buy and times to sell. I think over the years you get more accustomed to what those times are. Like, if there's a clash you believe that is um is overvalued, go for it. Then go for trading those picks if you believe the players currently in the NFL are going to be better than those selections. But, and at least knock on doors, you know? That's something that, that I, I, I always think that it's something that I did good at least to start, and that's how I built my team. I was on everyone's DMs to start. Like, it's it takes a while, and it's it's draining, and it's it can be demoralizing when you have people that don't answer you. But I mean, it just gives you an edge because who wants to do the dirty work like that? Like constantly sending message to your teammates, trying to find out what X player is worth. And most of the times, I, I don't even make a trade for said player, but I, I want to know what the value of the player is. So at least knock on those doors. And sometimes it can surprise you. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty much the episode then, guys. If you've gotten this far, thank you so much. And Alex, you got the outro, baby. <laughs> if you're listening on podcasts, Spotify, just subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. That's the only one we accept. You won't catch me this time, Angelo. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you're if you're listening on YouTube, just subscribe as well. Leave us a like. Leave us a comment. Turn notifications on. And we appreciate all the sort of like uh, engagement that you guys leave us. We always like to to read those comments when they're available. And I mean, have a good week. I mean, playoffs are about to begin or shortly. I mean, it's the deciding weeks to make your your fantasy playoffs. So give it a go and have a good week right now, guys. See you guys next week. I'll see you guys. I pressed the wrong button. Woohoo. I pressed the wrong button again. <laughs> Let's go.